Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, grow you as a disciple, and help you serve His purpose. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Proverbs 27.17 in the New American Standard Bible says, Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And this verse implies that we are like iron, we're like a blade. And a blade doesn't sharpen itself. It needs a surface to, to have friction against. And that other surface is usually another human being. And that, that, uh, some, some versions say, so, one, so a friend sharpens another person. But the word translated friend in some versions is just the word person. Man, it could be anybody. It could be a woman. It could be... I, women never rub men up the wrong way. Uh, the, it could be a woman, it could be a stranger, it could be someone close. But iron, you and me, sharpens iron, other people. Iron, other people, sharpens iron, yourself and me. We need other people to help us stay sharp. We need regular sharpening. I can sharpen a knife. I've got a favourite knife, a couple of favourite knives, and I sharpen them probably once a week and get them nice, a nice smooth edge and a sharp edge. And now I can cut through a tomato. I can cut through a piece of paper. I can cut through a shoe, which is a very important thing to be able to do, brother. I need to be able to get that shoe cut in half. We're cutting shoes in half all the time. You need a sharp knife. But after you've done a few shoes, guess what? It's not as sharp anymore. Or if it's lemons, Alan, if you're doing lemons, that's fine. The blade will need resharpening. And we can't just believe that one sharpen and we're done. We need to be sharpened over and over again. And God's very aware of that. And he's bringing people into our life every day to sharpen us. Sometimes it's enjoyable. <laughs> Even unused knives become dull. Exposure to the air will do it. Exposure in a drawer to other knives jostling against them will do it. We all need to be sharpened. What is it to be sharp? Well, a sharp knife is more effective than an unsharp knife. A sharp that is a sharp that is not knife. A knife that is not sharp will not cut as well and it'll be harder to use. You tend to squash the tomato instead of cut through it. You don't want to squash things when you want to cut things. We need to stay sharp in lots of areas of our lives. If you are a musician and you want to be playing on stage, then you need to be sharp and ready for it. If you haven't played your instrument for a year, then you better get practicing before you come up here. If you are a sports person, you've been out with injury or you've been on a vacation, you better get back onto that court and start practicing hitting balls or kicking whatever you're doing so that you come up to match fitness. And you really don't get match fit fitness unless you are in matches and running a lot. Being sharp requires us 
to do some work. A husband, believe it or not, can become dull, all the women said. Well, not many amens. What a lovely group of women we have in the church. Need to stay sharp with remembering to be like Jesus, lay our lives down and love the family. Sharp also means being able to cut through. If you're not sharp, you just won't cut it. Because in this life, the way God set it up, weeds grow since the fall in particular. Spiritual weeds, mental weeds, we get... If we just don't cut them down, they tend to take us over and we become subdued by life instead of overcoming in life. Weeds like things that we believe that aren't true, imaginations that we have, atmospheres that we can create around ourselves. You ever have a black day, a dark day? I just can't shake that atmosphere, that mood, that attitude. We need to have, be able to cut through it. We need to be sharp enough to do that. Cut through expectations sometimes. Cut through the problems of life. Are you cutting through in life or are you being squashed by life? Being sharp also means being men- mentally alive, not mentally dull. And how do we do that? A person sharpens another because social activity sharpens our mind. Research shows, according to Henry Ford Health and others, that socially active seniors and elderly people are less likely to, to develop dementia and Alzheimer's because they're using their brain. They're using their mind. They're interacting. It's a, it's a load on us, on our brains, to be social, to spend time with other people. It's much more of a load on our minds to talk to someone than it is to text them. Texting, we can get just the words the way we want. It'll take a little while before we press send. When you're talking, you, it's very immediate. You suddenly can't think of the word. Uh, and then you lost it. But it, your brain is ticking over. You're actually using that wonderful thing that God's given you. Just talking to other people puts a load on our uh, capacity and stretches us. We also have to be more considerate. While we're talking, we have to be considerate of our tone. Yeah, I really like you. Didn't quite feel right. You've got to put the tone in as well as the words. Watch your body language and your face. Yeah, I really like you. Doesn't mean the same thing. So your brain is saying, okay, adjust the tone, adjust the voice, adjust the body language. Resolving conflicts with other people, just discussing issues, wakes our mouth, keeps our mind sharp. Yeah, what do I think about that? Talk about it. Helps us stay sharp talking to other people, socialising with other people. Formulating answers to questions. Working in a team is a social activity that requires us to use our mind. We need to discuss, discuss what we're going to do. We need to plan it out. We need to negotiate. We need to 
be able to be flexible and adapt and be on the fly and make adjustments as we go. All of this requires our mind to be sharp. We don't get that just by sitting at home watching TV, watching a screen, going skimming through Instagrams. All of that stuff will dull you compared to a real live interaction with a human being will sharpen you because iron sharpens iron. A person sharpens you. A device does not sharpen you in the same way. How do we get, stu- how do we get sharp and stay sharp? How do we stop and... Yeah. By doing life with other people. It's just a healthier way to live. Is to actually welcome people in rather than say, I don't want to go out. Put yourself out there. Because other people will cause friction and the friction actually sharpens. There might be sparks that fly sometimes. Never happens in our marriage, of course. It's just all roses. Sparks happen because people sharpen other people. Maybe you're thinking of someone who's sharpening you right now. You know, people will sharpen us and start causing friction from the moment we meet them, from the moment we see them, they might just be standing in the wrong spot and that's starting to grate on us. Happens in the men's urinals all the time. <laughs> it might just be the way they spoke to you. It might be that tone, the words they used. Okay, they said hi to that person using those words, said hi to me in this way using those words. And suddenly we find ourselves in friction. Their tone of voice. The things they asked us to do, their tone of voice, their response to our thoughts and suggestions. Are they actually listening to us during this conversation? Their tone of voice, the demands they make of us, the things that they believe that we don't believe. There are so many wonderful opportunities to get sharpened by other people. And other people are a gift to us to help us become sharper. People are guaranteed to cause friction in our lives and make us feel uncomfortable. And that is exactly why God's got other people in our lives. Get us out of our comfort zone because our job is to allow other people to sharpen us even when it might not feel good. So we need to reframe. When we're feeling annoyed by someone, we just say, thank you God, this person is sharpening me right now. Do you want to be sharp or not? Well, if you want to be sharper, you're going to have to let a bit of friction hit you. When we do hurt another person, it's also an opportunity for them to grow and for us to grow. I offended someone recently, believe it or not. It's never happened before. And I knew that God wanted me to apologize to that person. They were being sharpened by me because I had caused friction and now I was being sharpened by the situation as well because I needed to apologize and then I apologized and then I experienced a beautiful thing called forgiveness so go and offend somebody and experience forgiveness (laughs) that is not the message don't write that 
The most focused sharpening in our lives usually comes from those who are closest to us. They know us the best, but they also love us the most. They love us enough to say. And uh, there's times in my life when my wife will come to me in this particular tone and just say, darling. And when she says, darling, I thank God because I know she's going to sharpen me. And she'll say whatever she needs to say. And then I quickly try and think of some way I can sharpen her. No, I don't do that. Uh, Proverbs 27 verse 6 says, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. I'm not saying that you just have unsolicited advice for everybody. Because this scripture says that the wounds of a friend. And we, we create friction enough as it is without us deliberately trying to correct other people all the time. But these are people we trust. People who have permission from us. You know, if there's anything you see in my life that is not glorifying God, talk to me. It could be a spouse. It could be a best friend. It could be a boss who really cares and they have the place to comment on the nicks and chunks out of our blade and help us sharpen them. And those sincere friends give us our deepest feedback, but they also guide us, the best ones guide us to the solution. And the solutions are always found in the Word of God. Because in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says that the Word of God corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So it's one thing for someone to say, you know, you don't speak nicely or whatever. It's another thing to, to have a, a Bible verse that you can give and encourage them. And then a really good friend is looping back with you. How are you going with that? How's that relationship going at work? How's that issue that you're, you're dealing with? And they're sharpening us. I hope you have people like that that you allow to speak in. And whatever our priorities are in life, other people, even the annoying ones, should be our number two priority after God. Because the Bible says that the greatest commandments are to love God with all our heart and to love others as we love ourselves. They're the two commandments that fulfill everything else. So whatever our priorities are, people should be up right at the top. We need to take them out of wherever they are. Maybe they are underneath our job. We need to put them above the job. Maybe people are underneath the gadgets or the things we like to buy or the holiday, whatever the priority is. We need to take people out and put them on top. A lot of us, we are, I know for me, I need to take entertainment out and put it underneath people. Turn off the TV and talk. Switch off the iPhone and ha actually engage with real people. Because people are God's number one priority. They are more important to God than anything else. He did not lay down his life for politics, for politics or any political party. He did not lay down his life for economics. He did not lay down his life for any particular nation. He laid down his life for people. 
Because people are what gets into heaven, nothing else does. And people are what has a, uh, who has a relationship with God. And people are his number one priority. He loves people. He loves people. Do you love people? Do you enjoy people? Do you let them into your world? Do you notice people? Or do you walk past people? Every cause we sign up for is subordinate to God's cause, which is people. Get people up on that priority list. Get, keep pushing them up. When we go out there, after church, our job is not to get on the phone. Our job is to get on to some people, make connections. Just nearly every week, I meet a new person. But over the last year, I've met some significant people, people who have taught me something, people who, some people who have caused friction, which has helped me. Some people who have, have helped me without causing so much friction. They've inspired me. They've challenged me. They've encouraged me. Maybe their marriage is amazing and it's, it's, it's an inspiration. Maybe the way they speak to others is, is something I want to copy and emulate. Maybe the way they handle their money with wisdom I can learn from and become sharper in that area. We need people who are very different to us. We do, do not need just all the people who like our Instagram and all the people who agree with our Facebook posts. Those are not our, the people that God has for us. He has some people for us who are difficult, who are different to us. You know, a mouth needs a nose in order to get all the flavor of the food. You can be talking about... Uh, food and eating food, but you might not taste it fully. My sister had a terrible accident, uh, according to the CCTV. She sort of stumbled and went a bit blank, fainted maybe, and then whacked her head on the concrete. And ever since that day, 10 years ago, she has not been able to smell. So she can taste with her tongue, but not smell. So the only things she can taste are sweet, sour, bitter, and salty. So she only has four tastes no matter what she eats. And so she can be eating something that's sweet and then eating something that's completely different that's sweet, but it all just tastes the same. And the nose takes the aroma from the back of the mouth as we chew, floods it into the nasal cavity, and our nasal cavity says, yes, that's sweet, but it's chocolate sweet. Or it floods in there and it says, that's, that's sweet. It's vanilla sweet. Mouths need noses. We all need each other. We need people around us, if, particularly if we're talkers, we need some people who can sniff things out, smell if something is not quite right, to use the analogy. Actually, turn to the person next to you and say, do you smell? Because I'm looking for someone who smells. Or you might be a torso or a liver and you need some legs. Whatever the analogy is, we need each other. We need different people. We need excellent examples of people who are doing life well and let them cause friction in our own mind and think, wow, well, I've got to 
lift my game because look what is possible. We also need people who can do nothing but annoy us or nothing for us. So when my mother was dying, for the last three or four months, she's barely able to recognise me and not much that I could do created a response from her. Actually, my uncle is going through a similar thing with my mother's sister right now. He said, we had a chat. He said, well, I don't see the point of going and visiting her because I'm not getting anything back in return. But we talked about how what you're getting back is not the issue. The issue is what you're giving to a person. That person can benefit from our love. It's an opportunity for us to love someone. Get out of our comfort zone of getting something from someone and give to someone who has nothing for us. That's what Jesus did for us. While we were completely ignorant of Him, uninterested in Him, not giving Him anything, He laid down His life for us. And someone, sometimes we can have people in our life and we think, I don't get anything from this person, so I'm going to cut them off. No, Jesus says, no, keep loving them. Keep loving them. You're not doing this to get something. You're doing it to, to be someone. You're doing it to be sharper, to be sharper in the area of love, in the area of sacrifice. We have teams out there. Teams is a great opportunity to mix it with other people who you would normally not mix with. We're a bit different to a football club or a social club because we are going to meet with people who do not share a common interest in a lot of areas except for Jesus. And it's great for us to rub shoulders with people who are different to us. People who rub us up the wrong way sometimes. Because we rub other people up the wrong way sometimes. So consider volunteering. This quote from WebMD agrees with the Bible. It says, it says, be a people person. Talking with others sharpens your brain, whether at work, at home, or in your community. So volunteer. Sign up for a class. Call a friend. Be a people person. People are my number one priority after God. That's where we all aim for. And let every person who comes across your path be a blessing from God. See them as a gift from God. Even when they hurt. Well, this is pushing me closer to God. God will turn all things to good for those who love Him. Why don't we close our eyes? All right, now the Bible says that you have a true friend is closer than a brother. His name is Jesus and He wants to sharpen you, sharpen us in our spirit to the voice of God. He wants to give us His life. The life of Jesus that overcame death. The same life that overcomes every, th- every challenge that this world throws at us. Jesus offers us His life. But it is an exchange for our life. We exchange our life for His life. We exchange all that we have. 
to receive all that he has. And to the extent that we look at Jesus today and trust in him, we receive more from him. He opens his arms out to you right now to offer you everything he has for no cost except everything you have. Why don't you reach out to him and accept his love, his grace, his forgiveness. Whether you've been a Christian for 25, 30, 40, 50 years or whether you have never made a decision to follow Christ, why not respond to the great friend, the great lover of our souls, the one we can trust because he died for us. And if you would like to make a commitment to Christ today, I invite you to say this prayer with us all as I lead a prayer. Open your heart to Jesus. So here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me, to pay my punishment for all my sin. I open my heart to you. I invite you in. And I give all that I have to you. And I receive all that you have for me for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.